Masechet Nazir Daf Lamed Aleph, and today we begin the fifth pedic. The topic of the fifth pedic is uh, doing something in error. Uh, with the first Mishnah is going to be uh, be about consecrating uh, an animal or some item you consecrate and make holy, uh, but it's based on some error, as we'll see different examples. Um, is that considered a proper consecration or not? Um, uh, I mean, on the one hand, my, if my if my intention was an error, you could say it shouldn't be. But we're going to see because of a comparison to Timur that something can become holy uh, even if it was an error. All right, that's the first Mishnah. The next Mishnayot in the Pedic are going to be about a Nazir, uh, becoming a Nazir based on an error, some kind of condition that um, I, I did it on condition, even though the condition is not didn't get fulfilled. Uh, does a person become a Nazir or not? <clears throat> All right, so that's why it's here, but we're already going to see those Mishnayot quoted in the discussion today. So we begin. A fundamental machloket. Bet Shammai said, even though it's based on an error, uh, the consecration is valid, and that animal or item will have to go to the Bet HaMikdash. And Bet Hillel says, no, we go by a person's intention, and the person, it was based on an error, he didn't intend it, this item to be consecrated, so it's not consecrated. Uh, let's see a couple of examples. Kesad. Person says, the first black bull that comes out of my house uh, will be Hekdesh. And then turns out uh, a white one comes out. So Bet Shammai says, it is Hekdesh. Uh, the simple reading of the Mishnah is that the white one is Hekdesh. So the thing is, even though he said black bull, he also said that comes out first. <clears throat> so we assume that what he means is, whatever will come out of my house first, that will be Hekdesh. Like Yiftach does, he thinks that animal is going to come out first, his daughter comes out first, right? It's an error, but nevertheless, even though he had in mind something else would come out first, whatever comes out first is a Hekdesh. Um, and the same thing would be here. He assumed a black one would come out first. Um, maybe that's what usually happens, but it turns out a white one did. So even though he made an error in his assumption, nevertheless, since he said, um, which comes out first, so anything that comes out first, that will be Hekdesh. Uh, so this is, uh, it contains an error, That's a, that nevertheless it's Hekdesh. And Betilel says, no, it's not Hekdesh. A person said, the black bull that comes out first, assuming if it's a black bull that comes out first, then it's Hekdesh. If a white bull comes out first, then that's not nothing as Hekdesh, not the white, not the white one that comes out. And according to Betilel, not a black one that comes out either later because it wasn't first. All right, that's the simple reading. What we're going to see in the Gemara is uh, uh, two different interpretations of Bet Shammai to lessen this uh, idea. We're going to ask a question about Bet Shammai, which is, um, well, he, he, he didn't mean to make this a Hekdesh, right? A person can make a condition only if this this and that, then it's Hekdesh, otherwise not. So why should it be Hekdesh if he only wanted it to be a black one that comes out first? All right, we're going to see two different explanations of Bet Shammai. <clears throat> now, a second example. A person reaches into a, a purse and he says, the golden dinar that comes out first in my hand, I want that to be Hekdesh. And then he takes out a coin and turns out it was a silver coin. So Bet Shammai said, oh, that's Hekdesh anyway, because he said, 
the first one. He thought that a gold, a gold one would come out first, um, but he was mistaken in that. Even though it was an error, nevertheless, the rest of his statement, which comes out first, um, that's what, so that's what he really, that's what he said. And uh, therefore, whatever comes out first, even if it's not the same as what he thought would come out first, it is that that silver one is Ekdesh. And Betilel says, no, none of them are Ekdesh, nothing is Ekdesh, because he says, he was saying, only if it's a silver one, only if it's a golden one that comes out first, then it will be. But this is an error that came out, so it's not Ekdesh. Person has a whole bunch of barrels. From the outside of the barrel, barrel, you can't tell what's inside. And so he says, the first barrel that I will take into my hand of wine, that will be Hekdesh. And so he goes and takes a barrel, opens it up, and turns out, oh, it's oil. So the Gemara is going to discuss whether oil or or uh, wine are more expensive. Uh, generally, we can assume oil is more expensive. Um, so again, here Bet Shammai says we focus on the fact that he said the first one that comes to my hand, and even though he was in error about what its content was, we nevertheless it is hikdesh. And Betilel says, no, it's not hikdesh. He only said if it's wine. But it turns out it was oil. So he didn't mean to make hikde- oil, the, the oil hikdesh. And so it's not hikdesh. Okay, good. So those are three examples. And now let's analyze the reasoning behind each of the houses. Bet Shammai Omerim Hekdesh. Mai Tamar de Bet Shammai. Te'alfina Techilat Hekdesh Misof Hekdesh. Matimura Afilu Betaot Afekdesh Afilu Betaot. So what's the reason for Bet Shammai? Right, after all, it would seem that anything you do by in, in an error should not be valid. You know, if you go through, a, if I buy something from you, thinking that it's something else, right? Or, and, or, uh, um, uh, and, and I bought it in error. So then I can go back and say, no, no, this was the wrong item that, that you gave me, right? And so the sale is void, right? So if it's something that's an error, then um, it shouldn't be valid to begin with. So why does Bet Shemai say that an error in consecration works? Well, he learns the beginning of making something consecrated from the end. By end, he means a timura. That means something that is already consecrated. I had animal A, and I said, this is going to be consecrated for a korban. So that's what it means end, because it's already at the end stage. It's already consecrated. And then I say, you know what? I changed my mind. I don't want A. I want animal B to be consecrated instead. And I try to switch it from A to B. As we know, that's prohibited. And if a person does do that, then A and B both get consecrated. Even if it's an error, a person thought he can, he can change it out, uh, or he thought some detail about one or the other that turned out not to be true, doesn't matter. Timura wor- works that way, that A and B become Timura, even if he thought that A wouldn't be, or even if he said something about the second one that's going to be black, but he meant white, doesn't matter. Regarding Timura, we see in Timura that an error is, even if it's an error, it becomes consecrated. And so therefore, Bet Shammai says, I'm going to make a simple analogy, just like that's true at the end of end process of Timura, so too, making something Hekdesh to begin with, even though it was an error, and he said something that ended up not being true, he thought it was going to be white, he thought it was going to be black. He said black, ended up being white. Nevertheless, like Timura, it, be, it is consecrated. So that's Bet Shammai's reasoning. That makes sense. 
says, no, I don't have to compare these two things. Only regarding Temura, then I agree. Yes, uh, a substitution done in error, nevertheless, is consecrated. Um, but that, uh, in that case, there is already something consecrated. And now it's going to apply it to something else as well. There's more reason to say that an error with something already consecrated will continue and the substitute will also be also be consecrated whereas here right now there's nothing consecrated right all the animals in the barn are cholin and 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 now i want to make something go from zero and from cholin and make it consecrated there no i don't agree an error in that case does not work and is not consecrated right so there's less of a reason to say that in the an initial hikdish uh, should be as stringent as something that already is hikdish that i'm substituting so that's why Betilel says an error in consecration is not an error. <clears throat> All right, good. Now that we understand the reasoning, here's a challenge to Bet Shammai. Ul Bet Shammai, ma ilu amad hare ze tachad ze lehasi hayom. Mi havia temura mehi shata, ela ademacha hasi hayom. Hu de havia temura. Hachiname lechimigalia milita. Bet Shammai, you're comparing the initial hegdesh to temura. I have a question about a temura case. If a person in the morning, let's say at 8 in the morning, said, I want animal B to be instead of animal A for half of the day, meaning from noon and on. Okay, if he says that, now, of course, the timurat doesn't, the substitute doesn't take off the hikdushav A. That's the way it works. It applies to A and also to B. But the question is, when does B become consecrated? Right? Would B, would B become consecrated from that time that he said that, from 8, 8, 8, 8 o'clock in the morning? He says, no, it would only be from noon. That's when the, his statement would, would take effect because he said, I want B to be a substitute for A for half the day, start, assume, assuming starting at noon. So nothing happens until noon. At noon, his words take effect. And his words take effect, even if it's an error, because he thought A will be Khulin and transferred to B. Nevertheless, A and B are, are become consecrated, but B um, is, doesn't happen till noon, right? And that's regarding Timura. What we see is that even in Timura, um, a person's words have meaning, and if a person gives a condition and says, I only want the timura, the substitution, to happen at a certain time or in a certain way, so he can make such, such a condition. All right? It's not it's different from error. All right? Error, I, I thought something different, and I said, I said, I meant white, I said black, but here he makes a condition, and the condition does limit the consecration. So So here also, when a person says, the first animal that comes out of my house that is black, um, that's what he said. So we, we should say that, um, the, the, uh, we should say here also that when the situation is revealed to be according to his, uh, his words, in other words, if a black one comes first, then it should be consecrated. And if not, it should not be consecrated. It's like he's making a condition. And therefore, if, if he says uh, the, the black one that comes out first from my house uh, should be consecrated, and then the white one, so then nothing should be consecrated. It's not really an error. It's a conditional statement. 
That's the question, challenge to Bet Shammai, right? We know Bet Shammai, we understand you're comparing it to Timurah, but Timurah you can make a condition, so here also, make a condition. Amad of Papa, the Kachne Amad Rishon, Lech Rishon. Papa says, I'm going to re explain Bet Shammai a little bit differently. You see, he said the, the first one. So what he means is the black bull that will emerge first. And therefore, you're right. If a white one comes out first, the white one will not be consecrated. But later on, eventually, a black one's going to come out. So the first black one to come out, that will be consecrated. So I agree with you, right? We do treat it kind of like an if statement. And he said, right, whatever, the, a conditional statement. And he said, though the, some, the black one that comes out of my house first, right, that will be consecrated. So, okay, a white one comes out, another white one, a black one comes out, the black one will be consecrated. Okay, so it's perfectly fine. Now, a question, can we really explain it that way? The guy said, when um, a black bull, sounds like there's only one black bull, aren't we talking about a case where there's only one black bull altogether? And so it wouldn't make sense to say the first a black bull if there's only one right she should have just said when the black bull comes out then it'll be consecrated if he's saying first that implies that he's saying whatever is first and so the conditional statement doesn't really make sense um, so this is Rapapa. You, it's hard to hard to explain this Mishnah if there's only one black bull and so we answer okay fine Rapapa's statement is only works assuming that there are two or three black bulls. If there was only one black bull, then you're right. The statement would be problematic. Um, but uh, let's assume that there are two and three, right? Which is, usually people have more than one animal and uh, many animals. So uh, so now we have our reinterpretation of Bechamai that solves the problem. The person has many bulls, many black ones. And uh, he says, um, the first black bull that should emerge from the house will be consecrated. If a white one comes out, not consecrated. He made a condition, right? So this is not, not an error. It's a condition. So the white one is free to go. And then another white one, another white one. Then a black one comes out. One of the black ones comes out first. That one is consecrated. Oh, good. So where everybody's happy. Now, Betila says, I don't, I don't agree with that interpretation. If he meant the black bull that will emerge, he should have said uh, the black bull that will emerge. Uh, uh, will emerge. Um, but instead, he didn't say right? Remember the exact language. He said that comes out of my house first. By, by adding those words, that comes out of my house first, that implies whatever comes out of my house first, right? That's, that's the simple meaning of his words, that he assumed it will be a black, uh, a black bull. Um, but really, he was thinking, what, that which comes out of my house first, whatever animal comes out first. So if it's a black one that comes out first, then he was correct. If it's a white one, then he made a mistake. And according to Bet, Bet Hillel, if a white one comes out first and then a black one comes later, then nothing is consecrated because we assume he meant the black one that comes, the, the black one, and that's the one that will come out first of all the animals. Um, if he meant to say the, which, the black, if he meant to say, a black one that comes out first, even if it's even if a white white one comes before, then he should not have said 
sheyesemi beti rishon. Okay, so that's why betilel uh, does not agree with that interpretation. Yeah, imken sheyesem barishon mi ba'ele. Should just said simply sheyesem um, barishon mi ba'ele. All right, now amar le rava mi barnish le now we have a challenge to Rav Papa's interpretation, which is that this would not be a, an erroneous consecration. Um, it's actually a consecration with prop with intention. Um, why are you calling this hekdesh taut? Right, the beginning of the Mishnah says that they disagree regarding hekdesh taut hekdesh. Now this is not hekdesh uh, taut. This is just a condition that a per- that the guy said, the black bull that will come out first. That one will be uh, consecrated. Turns out a, wh- a white one came out first. He didn't have in mind that we- he didn't know which one's going to come out first, and so he was totally fine. He knew that maybe a white one will come out first. Not that one. Next one is uh, a white one. Not that one. Black one. Yeah, that's the one I meant. So there's not actually a hekdesh taut here, and so Rapapa, you re-explain Bet Shammai so smoothly, right, in order to answer the question, but in a way too smoothly because now it's not a, it's not even a, an, a, an error anymore. It's just simply a condition. So uh, we answered oh, for Rapapa mishum de'at ayel dibore kama. The reason why it's still we call it hekdesh taut, even though you're right, it's not technically an error, um, because we we have to diverge from the simple meaning of his statement. Um, uh, we we have to reinterpret it. Um, and it sounds like it was a, a mistaken language. No, no, he meant to say this. Uh, in other words, we're admitting that when a person says the first animal, the uh, the black bull that comes out first from my house, the simple syntax, the straightforward syntax of that of that statement means the first animal that comes out, right? And he's assuming that it'll, it'll be black. Um, so if that if you said if he said that was a con- that would be consecrate consecrated, that would be. A truly a consecration, an error. But we rejected that already because if it's totally an error, then it shouldn't be consecrated because he didn't want it to be consecrated. It's like a condition. And therefore, we say, I mean, listen, he didn't mean that because we can um, uh, divert the words to a different meaning to say that what he meant is the first black one, that will come out. So it's still called hekdesh taut, even though technically it's not a it's not an error. It's just that it's based on a reinterpretation. Okay, so that papa is still good. Now we're going to ask about this from uh, this uh, uh, view of bet shemai from another source. This is a mishnah on uh, the other side of this page. Um, okay, so the our mishnah here said bet shemai says hekdesh betaut is not hekdesh, um, even though in the opening of this Mishnah, Rechamai says hekdesh ta'ut is hekdesh, based on Rapapa's reinterpretation, he said, actually, this case is not an erroneous case. Uh, it's not a case of error. It's a case where he really meant, he used funny words, but he meant that the first animal the b- uh, bull that's black will uh, will be uh, hekdesh, and so there's no error in his words. So based on this, right, we're, we uh, concluded that Bet actually would say if it was a real error, it would not be hekdesh. Now, is that true? Look at the next Mishnah. 
והתנן. מי שנדב מנזיר ונשאל לחכמים והתירו, והייתה לו בהמה מופרשת, תעשה ותראה בעדר. The proof is going to be from the uh, um, converse, the dialogue between בית הלל ובית שמאי. So the case is someone who became, uh, took a, a vow to be a nazir. And then he went to the sages and says, I want to annul my vow. And they allowed him to annul the vow. Um, in the meantime, he had already consecrated an animal for his uh, concluding nizirut. So what do you do with that animal? Because now, he was a nazir at the time when he consecrated, but now that he annulled it retroactively, he's, he was never a nazir. So what you can do is you could take that animal and let it, um, and let it uh, go and graze among the flock. In other words, let it join the flock as a regular cholin animal. Right? There's nothing wrong with it. Okay, so that that's that was Bet Shammai said that. Amru Bet Hillel Bet Shammai, I atem modim shekdesh betautu v'tesev v'tirae ba'eder. Bet Hillel says to Bet Shammai, wait a second, why should you let it go? Didn't don't you didn't you say? Bet Shammai, didn't you say that a hekdesh betaut, an erroneous consecration, is a consecration, and now uh, and now you say it should go and uh, and go into the field? Doesn't make sense. Now, just based on the response of Bet Hillel to Bet Shammai, we can see miklad desavde Bet Shammai dekdesh betaut hekdesh. Right? We we can learn from Bet Hillel's response that Bet Hillel interpreted Bet Shammai. To mean that Bet Shammai thinks an erroneous Hekdesh is Hekdesh. And Bet Hillel was there with them. So we can assume, can't we assume that Bet Hillel understood correctly what Bet Shammai thought? So this is the problem based on the Papa's interpretation above of Bet Shammai, um, Hekdesh Betaut is not Hekdesh. But based on what Bet Hillel ascribed to Bet Shammai, Bet Shammai thinks Hekdesh in Taut is Hekdesh. So we have a problem. So how are we going to answer it? Ela betilel hu dekatau. No, in fact, betilel misinterpreted the opinion of bet shamai. Savret amayu de bet shamai mishum ekdesh betaut tave ekdesh. Vamri lohon bet shamai lab mishum ekdesh betautu ela mishum daat aye ledibure chama. Um, they, uh, Bet Hillel thought that the reasoning of Bet Shammai is because it's Hekdesh, uh, Hekdesh Betaut is Hekdesh, and that's why um, they, that, that's why they thought when they read the first Mishnah, our Mishnah, and he says um, a black bull and white one comes out, that it is Hekdesh. And they thought if the white one is Hekdesh because they, they read, they, well, they read the Mishnah. They didn't have the Mishnah. Obviously, the Mishnah is based on their words, right? But they had the same um, the case in front of them. And they assumed that when Bet Shammai said that, it was based on uh, Ta'ut, Hekdesh Ta'ut is Hekdesh. And then Bet Shammai says, no, no, it's not, our reasoning is not because of Hekdesh Ta'ut, but rather because we, uh, we, uh, he, we reinterpret his first statement. We have to diverge from the plain meaning of his first statement uh, and uh, explain it in a different way, but not as an error, simply as a um, simply as a condition. Uh, in other words, the same process that we went through when we read the Peshat of the Mishnah and then the Rapapa's reinterpretation, that is the very same dialogue that happened between Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel. Bet Shammai at first said, Hekdesh Ta'ut is Hekdesh, and they gave the example of um, if a person says, a black animal that comes out first from my house 
uh, it is Hikdesh. And when Betilel heard that, they assumed he meant the white one that comes out first is Hikdesh, because even though it's an error, an error, it does become consecrated. And so that's why Betilel assumed that Bet Shemai thinks erroneous ones are um, are Hekdesh, and that's why they asked about to uh, asked him a question from the second Mishnah. They said, according to you, in the second Mishnah, even though retroactively he was never a Nazir, still, and he made he, he made this animal in uh, in error Hekdesh. Nevertheless, it should remain Hekdesh, and you can't let it go back into the uh, into the barn, back to graze in the flock. And so Bet Shammai responded to him. He says, No, you misunderstood our statement. We didn't mean that really it's an error. If it was really an error, it would not be Hekdesh. And when we said um, this, in this case, it's an, it's an error, we just mean that you have to diverge from the simple meaning of the syntax and interpret it as saying the first black bull that comes out will be uh, will be Hekdesh, even if it's not the first animal that comes out and a white one comes first. And so, um, that, that, so we actually think that um, an, an erroneous uh, Hekdesh is not Hekdesh, and you misinterpreted our words. Okay, so the Papa will have to explain that whole uh, um, uh, dialogue in the next Mishnah in that way. Okay, Alright, so now the Papa, let's uh, pin pin you down here. So you think according to Bet Shamai, an erroneous Hekdesh is is not valid. Well, what are you gonna do with this with this Mishnah? Another one that's coming up soon. Okay, this is a very very interesting Mishnah. And we're going to get to on the on the next staff. Um, there, uh, there were six people that were walking on on the road, and there was another person, one person that was approaching them, but it was still far away and difficult to identify who that person was. Now, of the six people, one of them said, "Vamadechad had any nazir sheze peloni." Says he's looking from far, and this person uh, A, we'll call him, says. I think that that is Reuven, right? Peloni, whoever it is. And in fact, I'm going to show my commitment to, uh, to, to, to uh, the fact that I'm right by becoming a Nazir, right? I'm, I'm making a, myself a Nazir if that is, um, that is Reuven. Or I'm making, my, I'm making myself a Nazir um, uh, because of the fact that that is Reuven. That's how sure I am. All right. Now, the next guy, B, Takes his uh, takes his bet and says the opposite way. I'll be a nazir on the base based on the fact that that is not Reuven. Now, okay, so now they both based their nazirut on opposite assumptions. So it would seem that only one of them can possibly be a nazir, right? Either A or B, right? But hold on. nazir. C says. I'll be a Nazir if one of you, A and B, are a Nazirim. So it looks like C will for sure be a Navi because either it's a Reuven or that guy is not a Reuven. So either A is a Nazir or B is a Nazir. So C surely sounds like he will be a Nazir. Now D comes along and he says, She'en echad mehem Nazir. I'll be a Nazir if neither of you, A and B, are a Nazirim. Okay, now the fifth guy, you see the E, E says, I'll be a Nazir if both of you, A and B, are Nazirim. So now one of these guys has to be a Nazir, because whatever you think about Nazirut, we're going to cut, we're going to um, get into this later in the Pedic, whether you're a Nazir based on a doubt or an error, 
but no, it seems no matter what, A and B, whether both of them, neither of them, one of them are a Nazir. So um, based on that, those conditions, C, D, or E will be Nazirim. Now, the last person of the six, F, Mr. F says, I will be a Nazir if all five of you are Nazirim. Now, how could all five of them be Nazirim if they're based on different permutations? Uh, well, this is a complicated case, and there are more than one opinion about it, but we're only going to quote Bet Shammai. Bet Shammai says, all of them are Nazirim. Oh, now, why, why would all of them be Nazirim? If A said, if A said, Nazir, based on the fact that this is Ruben, B said based on that Ruben, should be one or the other. Ah, here's the point. Bet Shammai thinks that Hekdesh um, Bitaut is Hekdesh and becoming a Nazir Bitaut is a Nazir. Even though he said, I'm a Nazir, based on the assumption that that, that, that is Ruben. Even if he turns out to be wrong, he's still a Nazir because even though it's an error, an erroneous commitment, is still a commitment, right, when it comes to uh, a vow of Ekdesh or Nezirut. So that is the question. How can you tell me, Rapapa, that Bet Shammai thinks that Ekdesh Betaut is not Ekdesh, if we see clearly from this Mishnah that a Nezirut, which is also a type of Ekdesh, um, you're making yourself holy, you're going, because of that you're going to make animals holy at the, for, for concluding your Nezirut, and here, where it's clearly based on an error, no matter what, whether your assumption was true or not, even if it was an error, you are a Nazir. So, right, so that's the question, as we're going to say. You see, Bet Shemai says, even though it's Hekdesh Betaut, becoming a Nazir uh, by erroneously, they are all Nazirim, it is valid. That's the question, and the answer is Amreh. No, the Bet Shemai can say that in general, Hekdesh Betaut is Hekdesh. They do agree with that in other cases, like regarding Nizirim. Yes, that's true for Nizirim. But in this case, in the Mishnah, that's not the reason. The, uh, uh, the reasoning uh, in this Mishnah uh, for Hekdesh of animals is as the Papa explains, right? So uh, don't compare these two cases. The laws of Nizirim is one thing, and we're going to get to that, and we'll analyze why, why Bet Shammai thinks that a Nazir, even though it's erroneous, is a Nazir. But when it comes to it comes to Hegdesh of animals, no, he doesn't think that an erroneous one will be, and that's not the explanation of this Mishnah. Rather, it's the explanation as Ezra Papa said, in order to resolve the question that we had to begin with from Timura. All right, all that is Papa's explanation, and we um, successfully answered all the questions. But then we're going to see. A different explanation altogether. Abaye Amar, La Kasakada Tech de Kaimbe Safra, Elacha Bemaiskinan de Kaimbe Tihara. We're not talking about a case in this Mishnah of someone that's in the morning saying that so far nothing came out of the barn yet, right? It's not a case of the morning where nothing came out of the barn, and he's saying whichever animal comes out of the barn, but rather we're talking about where it's in the afternoon, and the animals already came out of the barn, and he's saying something about what happened in the past. The black bull that came out of the house first, that should be Hekdesh. Now, I know the Mishnah doesn't say that, and he's going to have to reword the Mishnah because the words of the Mishnah says in the future tense, 
But Babayes says, no, you should interpret it as being in past tense. Now, since it's in past tense, he assumed, he, he remembered wrongly. He, he, he was watching the barn all day, and he remembers that a black bull came out first. And so he's saying, that black bull that came out first should be Hikdish. But then people corrected him. No, no, actually the first one that came out was white. He says, oh, if I knew that the white one come out, came out, I wouldn't have said um, uh, black, right? I would have said white. In other words, that's what I meant to say. Uh, so this answers the question that we had uh, to begin with. Or, uh, the question was regarding a timurah, I can say I want the timurah to happen at noon. I could put a, put a condition in there. And so therefore, if you're going to say it's talking about the morning, and I, um, I said, the white one that will come out first, well, that's a condition. And if the, the black one that will come out first, that's a condition. And so if a white one comes out first, no, I never wanted it to be. So in that case, the error should not make it consecrated. Right? It doesn't make sense. You should treat it as a condition. Abaye is answering that question by changing the tense and saying it's something that happened already. Since it happened already, it doesn't make sense to say a condition. If it was a black one that came out first, he didn't mean a condition. It's something that he thought actually, that actually, is something that actually happened. He just remembered it wrongly. So he thought it was a black one that came out first. So he said, that black one that came out first. And then there was a white one. He says, oh, I made a mistake. That's the case we're talking about. And in fact, Bet Shammai says, even though it was an error, we understand what he meant. He meant the first one that came out. And uh, therefore, even though he made a mistake regarding the color, it is still a, a consecration. And Betilel says, no, it was made, it made an error. It's not a consecration. All right, good. Hold on. Bet Abaye, you know, your logic is good, but how, how are you going to fit that into the wording of the Mishnah? Um, uh, can you really say it's talking about the afternoon, looking backwards? The second example was the golden dinar that will come up in my hand. It's talking about that he didn't get, take one yet. He's going to take one in the future. So he says, Okay, you're right. Re-interpret re, um, uh, the Mishnah, or rather reteach it. We would say rewrite it, but they're, they're teaching it orally, right? So re-memorize it. Teach it as she'ala in the past tense. How about the third case? That also he says in the future tense, the barrel of wine that I will take into my hands. So Abaya says, Tane she'alta. No, uh, uh, um, teach it as past tense that already came out. All the cases of the Mishnah have to be in past tense, and that is the end of Abaye's uh, response. And so now we have two uh, reinterpretations of the Mishnah in order to answer the question that if it's really just a condition, so a condition should work. And so these uh, the Papa says, uh, no, no, it's not. It's not a condition. Um, actually, an erroneous hikdash would not be hikdash. So the Papa has to reinterpret um, the, um, uh, Bet Shammai's logic uh, to make to answer the question, uh, whereas uh, Baye. Can um, uh, can say the logic is straightforward, but he has to reinterpret it by saying it was talking about something in the past, where that's clearly an error, and you can't you know, it wouldn't be a condition. All right, so those are the two reinterpretations, and now we're going to see a statement of Rav, uh, uh, Rav Chista about which is better, black or white, and uh, black bulls, white bulls, which one is better? 
um, in the uh, discussion here, it seems we're going to um, go back to the a simple reading of the Mishnah. Uh, and uh, so even though we just gave two reinterpretations of Bet Shammai, um, all right, maybe this uh, this part of the of the this sugya might have been independent or earlier than the sugya that we just read. Rav Chista says a paradox. He says um, black among white is bad, and white among uh, black is bad. Black among white is bad, and white among black is bad. Now, how could that be uh, both ways? He's talking about two different things. When he says black among white is bad, that's talking about a black bull compared to white bulls. The black one is worse. White bulls are more expensive, uh, more valuable than black ones. However, on a black one, if you have a black bull, you want it to be all black. And so if you have a white spot on a black bull, that white spot is deficient. Okay, so that's that's Rav Chista. Now, Tenan, we're going to challenge Rav Chista. Shachor sheyeseh mi beti rishon hekdesh. Kalsa kadatin ki makdish ba'ayin ra'a makdish. Vamini bet shamai have hekdesh. In general, in many cases, uh, through, through, throughout um, Kodashim especially, there's a discussion about um, when a person says an ambiguous statement, does he mean to be generous? or stingy. Uh, for example, a person has two items, maybe two animals in front of him, and he says, well, one of these is going to be Hekdesh, and he doesn't specify which one, and one is more valuable, one is less valuable. So the question is, the question is, when uh, most people, when they donate something, should we assume that they want to be generous and they want to give the more expensive one, so he has to give more expensive, or do people generally mean to be stingy, although they're giving a donation, but they want to give the least donation, that uh, the smallest donation, uh, that will fulfill their vow that they said. Okay, so right now in this suga, we're assuming the side that says ki makdish ba'ayin ra'a makdish. Ayin ra'a means stingy. Uh, the person wants to give the least amount possible. On that assumption, let's analyze our, the Mishnah. The Mishnah was talking about a case where a person said the black bull that comes out of the house first will be hekdesh. And according to Bet Shammai, if a white one comes out first, that white one is Hekdesh. Okay, we're assuming just a simple reading of the Mishnah um, that the white one is Hekdesh. And so, Merbet um, Shammai says the white one is Hekdesh. Why would that be? If he thought that a white one is the um, that if that the white one is more expensive, well then it shouldn't be that the white one should should be hekdesh because a person generally is stingy. And maybe he said the black one because he wants to be stingy. He says, listen, I only want to give a black one, and therefore when the white one comes out first, we should say that's not hekdesh. Obviously, he didn't mean that. He said the black one because he wants to give the cheaper one. The fact that Bet Shammai says the white one is hekdesh. And we are also assuming that a person is stingy when he's uh, is stingy in his giving. That means that it's the white one that is less expensive than the black one. That's why when the white one comes out first, and we're not sure what did you mean by the but when you said the one that comes out first, but you also said black. And Bet Shemai says it's whatever came out first. And even though this one is cheaper, still that's hekdesh, right? So according to this statement, we see that white uh, bulls 
are less expensive than black ones. And this challenges Rav Chista, who said that white ones are more expensive than black ones. Okay, that's our question. So now we say, well, then, okay, let's change our assumption. Maybe uh, we'll go with the other opinion that says that when a person says something ambiguous, he means to be generous. That's why yeah, white bulls are in fact more expensive. And when the white bull comes out, even though the person says a black bull, but he also said first, what he said was ambiguous, we can assume he meant to be generous, and therefore the white bull comes out, he, we assume he's generous, and the white bull is hekdesh. That's the reason for a bet shamai. All right, yes, that will work for the case one. But what about case two? Dinar shel zahav In the second case, clearly the person said the golden coin that come that I that I pick first, and then a silver one. Obviously, silver is less expensive than gold, and yet Bet Shammai says it is hekdesh. So we see from the second case that um, uh, that Bet Shammai thinks that this Mishnah assumes that people are generally stingy, and they want to give the least, and that's why even though the person says golden coin that comes out first, because he assumed the golden coin would come out first, but he really meant whatever comes out first, even though he was in error about which one came out first. We're following again this the simple reading of the Mishnah with, uh, without the reinterpretations we saw earlier. Um, so uh, even though he made an error about what which one whether it was gold or silver, silver it is hikdish because we assume that people are stingy. So you can't say ayn yafa. It's got to be ayn ra'a. Um, uh, so we're back to a question about the third, about the, in the first case. But that's also a problem. How can you read ayn ra'a throughout this Mishnah? How about the third case? In the third case, person says a barrel of wine that I will take first, um, and turns out to, that he the first one he took was oil. Bet Shammai says it is hekdesh, but oil is more expensive than wine. So that means that it's not ayin ra'a, ayin yafa. And even though he took something that's more expensive, we assume that a person is generous and would want to. So the third case assumes ayin uh, 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 yafa. The second case assumes ayin ra'a. How do we uh, reconcile and read all of them in the same way? So we answer, Well, if that's your problem, we can answer that. This Mishnah was taught in the Galilee. In the Galilee, oil, uh, in, the, in the Galilee, wine is more expensive than oil. In the Galilee, they have, um, they have a lot of, uh, of olives, and so it's abundant, and oil is cheaper. Wine is more expensive. And so, in fact, we can interpret um, the uh, second and third case to be the same, that the thing that comes out is the, um, he meant to say the more expensive thing, gold and oil, gold and wine. And in the end, a less expensive thing, uh, thing came out. And uh, so we can interpret both of these cases as being ayin ra'ah. Um, okay, good. So now that we at least read all the cases as being that a person, we assume a person is stingy, we go back to our original question to, um, to uh, uh, Bet Shammai, to Rav Chista, that it looks like 
when the, uh, the, this animal comes out, that the black, uh, then he said, I want a black one to come out. Sounds like the black one is superior, right? Look in all the other cases, the gold one that comes out, right? The wine that, the wine that comes out first, he's assuming when he says black, that the black, black is more expensive, right? So this does fit a continuous reading of the Mishnah, a black bull, gold, wine. Those are the expensive items he has in mind. And then the inferior one comes out. So the white one is inferior. So back to our challenge to Davchista. So the answer is Resha so Resha Kasha Dravchista. So we have the challenge to Dravchista. Amalach Dravchista ki Amri betura de Karmonae. This is no, when I said that the white one is better, that was talking about this Carmanian bull, a certain type of bull where the white ones are better. But that's what I was talking about. But the Mishnah is talking about a regular kind of bull. In fact, the black one is superior. Okay, good. Ve'amad avchista u'kama le'mashche sumeka le'bisre chivala le'ridiya. Avchista happened to have to say something else about different colors of bulls. Avchista had a lot of a lot to say on this subject, and uh, he said actually each 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 color is good for a different thing. A black bull is good for its hide. A red one is good for its meat. A white one is good for working for her plowing. So they're good in different ways. Now, question on that. He also said a black bull among white is deficient. That sounds like it's t- deficient in all regards, that um, a black is always worse than white, right? And here he's saying, no, and only certain types. And we answer, same answer as we said over here. No, that statement when he said the, uh, that black is worse than white, that's only talking about the Carmanian bull, not all bulls. And here, this statement is talking about bulls in general. So uh, and for, for bulls in general, uh, white is good for one thing, black is good for another thing. And our Mishnah, that is assuming that black is better than white, so that's talking about um, here, that it's good for, good for its hide, um, uh, for example. And so that's the, the more expensive one, I guess, you know, that was, it was used for that more than the, more than the others. Um, and so that's why Rav Chista said his statement, um, the statement above was only talking about Carmanian bulls, but in general, um, in the logic of the Mishnah, it's clear that for regular bulls, black ones are better than white. All right, we're talking about black and white, but even that is not such a black and white issue. Baruch Adonai Amen Amen.